<laughs> welcome, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Spooktober. Spooky movies. <laughs> Scary spooky. spooky movies. Very spooky. Today we are covering our first Nick Cage movie, which honestly, I'm honestly surprised it took us this long to get to a Nick Cage movie. I was about to say that as well. It, you and I have seen many Nick Cage movies. We actually just watched one together. We watched yeah. Pig. Um, we're not reviewing Pig. Just oh, there's not really much to say about it. No, it's a. Movie Can I with just a pig. say that with Nick Cage films, I always instead of just judging like whether or not I liked the movie or how good it was, I just judge how well Nick Cage is cast. Like, and that oh. that is the movie. That's, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, so I guess, yeah, this movie is The Color Out of Space, based on the H.P. Lovecraft short story that we did both read before this episode. Yes, Which was pretty yes. cool. Pretty do interesting. Do you think you can summarize the film for us, Sasha? The film? Oh, goodness. Um, so this uh, farming family in the middle of West Arkham. Is it? In, are they in Virginia, I thought? I don't remember. Uh, I think it's an undetermined state. Yeah, something like that. It's in the tri-state because they make fun of that guy from being from Boston. So I know it's on oh, the yeah. east area. Um, but like, yeah, this rural farm family, head of the household, our boy Nick Cage, um, they experience some extraterrestrial cosmic phenomenon when <laughs> a meteorite crashes onto their property and slowly but surely begins changing everything that it comes into contact with, including the family. Dun dun dun. Bloop, bloop, bloop. So on. this was your recommendation. <laughs> this was so this was my recommendation just because um, it is the best HP Lovecraft story. Uh, Bar HP Lovecraft is a very crappy writer. He's very he's not a good writer. Um, it's very convoluted this, for literally yeah, no it's, reason. It's I'm like, why are you putting all these synonyms in here? And like, <laughs> where are and all these syllables coming from? Not having any descriptions of anything at all. At all. It, that's because <laughs> I usually that's usually how I go with like writers and their like wordiness. I'm like, does this actually help me paint a picture, or are you just using the word superfluous to be superfluous? Yes. <laughs> it is. It is very much a lot of sentences saying um, something that no one could possibly comprehend, so it is impossible to describe. And it's like, what does that mean? Yeah. What does it look like? Which is, uh, I guess. Oh, I guess first off, because this is pretty early in the movie or in the in the episode. If you are squeamish, this oh, yes. might be an episode for you to go into with caution because this movie gets very gross. Very not quickly. So, it takes a while to get it there. It does. But. It does. Uh, we'll we'll get into how the the reveal goes in. Um, but I uh, going back to what you were saying, how they're like, oh, he's always talking about something that's like unexplainable. Because, yeah. like, the whole point of this story is what's happening is unexplainable. They can only refer to it as the color. And even in yeah. the book, it's described as something that they can't even perceive as a specific color. Yes. In this movie, they did it in magenta. And I actually read why it was magenta. There's, like, a specific... Oh. Yeah, there's, like, a specific hue of light. Because um, magenta apparently is one of the only shades that the human eye doesn't naturally see light through. So it has to have some kind of extra, like type of like screen in the air for us to be able oh. to perceive magenta as natural light. So that's why it's magenta in this. But in the book, it's described as a, a color you can't describe. Yeah, a, a, a color that the human eye has never picked up before because it doesn't occur naturally in Earth. It's obviously in our eyes to be able to pick up pick up the color because we have to have those receptors enabled to see yeah. them. But it just has never occurred here. That's very interesting that they chose magenta. It's much more interesting than my made-up theory that it was just to make the film a little bit more gay. Because magenta <laughs> is a very gay color. <laughs> well, and I'll say, because, um, sorry, I keep trying to make this point. What I like about watching good sci-fi, especially, especially um, reading, like when you can read it too, is seeing the adaptation from somebody's idea on screen. Because I feel yes. like sci-fi is one of the one of the many genres where it's really difficult to nail that. 
Like yes. to nail the look and the feel of a sci-fi in a movie and like to get it across properly. Mm -hmm. And I think that for, for the color, like what I would have expected the color to look like, I think they did an incredible job with like the practical lighting, the static, like the sound mixing they did with it is crazy. Yeah, so the sound in this, so I, I'm gonna, be a little annoying because I'm going to constantly compare this to Annihilation. Another film I, that I was about to do that too. Yeah, I can't. There, you can't not, to be honest. It Visually, like they look so. They look, yeah, sorry. I'll let you go. Oh, uh, they, 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 they're almost the same film, like beat by beat. It's just the aesthetic pull of each one is very different. One feels more like almost like rock and roll, and the other one is very like almost new age, like Annihilation. Yeah, dreamy. New age, and then this yeah, one it's like, like a, a rock dreamy. and roll take. Yeah. This is like. I don't want to like say Evil Dead, but it's definitely tilting more towards that kind of a yeah. movie than it, with Annihilation. Fun. Yeah, where Annihilation is very hardcore sci-fi. Well, not hardcore, but in comparison to something like this, yes, there's a lot of science talk in Annihilation. This honestly, this feels like the prerequisite for Annihilation. It is. I think it came out after the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the like the story. I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. That's what I'm asking. Which? What are you oh, talking the, the about? Because I know really and I, like, they're both based off of books. Yeah. They're both based <laughs> off of books, and they're both movies that came out relatively recently. The short. The story was written in like 1930 or whatever. Yeah. But, but like um, the I believe the Nicolas Cage's Colorado Space came out after Annihilation. I think Annihilation was 2016, 2018. It's 2018. 2018. It's 2018. So this was 2019. So it was a yep. year later. So they were probably being made at the same time. And Maybe. then and then got uh, released. Especially, I mean, I, I just found, what I found interesting was the, and I know this probably comes just deep rooted into the actual story itself, but how similar the concepts were. Like the yes. idea that, it, for one, I mean, Annihilation, it kind of is an alien, but for this one, it's not really an alien. Like it, no. it's it's more like an infection. I don't need, that's for lack of a better term. Yes. It's, it's like a presence almost that just like seeps into everything and changes it, which is kind of what the shimmer in Annihilation does. And it shifts matter the same way this is shifting matter. So I, yeah. I, and I think that's really interesting for a concept because I've seen like, I think this is the third movie now I've seen with this, this premise and I yeah. still, I still enjoy it. I think it's a really cool idea. I, I do too. I've, I've always viewed like when you take this type of sci-fi, I always view it as like how we comprehend radiation where it just kind of like seeps out. It's like an invisible enemy. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't do anything about it. You can't change it. You can't stop it. And it's going to change every little bit, whether you yeah. like it to or not. And Annihilation has that effect with me only. Annihilation is contained in a bubble where this is like creeping out. Which is funny because I actually kind of have something going along with that but I kind of feel differently where I like Annihilation because they're traveling through it and like the deeper yeah. you get like they, they have a proximity where it's like the closer you get to the lighthouse the worse the effects of the shimmer are going to have on you. For this sure. it's this it's like almost the opposite where it's like as long as they stay in the same spot that's when it gets worse. Like yeah. them leaving is the, is the key to it. Um, so I, I did like that twist on it to see it happen for one because Annihilation is all scientists So it's most people observing it Which yeah. I remember when you were talking about the short story You said it was more from an like an Annihilation standpoint because it's like people like talking about looking at it after the fact, right? The, yeah, there's and, a lot more like science Again, it's the 30s. So they didn't yeah. know what the heck was going on But there's a lot more science stuff where they talk about analyzing the the meteorite there's more, uh, yeah, the a lot color. more observations or, Yeah, like, where this is a lot of just survival. Yeah, um, and then Annihilation is the opposite, where it's a lot more analyzing what the heck is going on. I mean, it's still survival, but yeah, it's survival through analysis. To go to go back to your point about seeing um, adaptions of science fiction from book to movie, I also like that, especially when you have, like, because there's only, like, what, five topics in science fiction? It's always cool seeing the different 
ways that people like pull it like you have your many different alien movies your many different like ai movies and then this one which i feel like a topic that isn't explored where it's like what happens if we have something that we cannot comprehend yeah how do we how do we react to that how do we how do we survive with that and it's it's always cool seeing all the different takes that can go with this and personally not to get a little ahead of myself i like how this is such like almost like a campy fun take yeah of what this would be yeah, so this this movie reminds me of a combination of two movies. So it's Annihilation, and if you uh, merge Annihilation with Killing of the Sacred Deer, like the second and third <laughs> act of that movie, and just mash them together, yeah. this is what it reminds me of. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, you definitely have that that in it. <laughs> Where you, can't, it is. you can't comprehend it, you can't escape it. And I, I also like that it is rooted with a family. I feel like this is a one moment where like having a family works. Yeah. Um, like to drive the plot and I also the also reason that I kind of relate it to killing of the sacred deer is because I, that movie has really weird dialect like in the way the characters interact with each other it's yeah. very weirdly mechanical and but because the, sorry that what? feels intentional oh no it is in no, it def, no it definitely is for me it, the rest of the movie though it kind of like it feels yeah. weird that they're so so cardboard were this like they're definitely more caricatures but because of how like you said like rock and rollish almost the <laughs> effects are like the effects are so over the top we're like <laughs> killing the sacred deer is super subtle like yeah it's very subtle this one is like all over the place so yeah the characters like it makes more sense to have characters who play up like like a wacky script because there's some lines that like that whole first lot the whole first act of dialogue I was just like, oh god, what kind of movie is this gonna be? What kind of movie is this gonna be? There's been, there's already a witch. There's already a witch. <laughs> there's already a witch. Oh yeah, can we break into the the dope uh, archetypes that are in that family? <laughs> the most the, like everyone's a cookie cutter character, and it works perfectly. We have the stoner lazy kid. We have the witch the older feminist. Brother. Yeah, the older brother. We have the witch feminist woman. The dinosaur um, kid. <laughs> Everyone has a dinosaur kid. <laughs> Your mom, the mom who sells houses and just got done getting treated for breast cancer. Like, come on, I know eight guy, eight women like that. <laughs> I know eight <laughs> families that have gone through that in the past year. And then Nicolas Cage is the son of a, a painter who hated him, so now he just drinks bourbon all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> it works perfectly. Who went to be a farmer? He's he's like the kid in um into the wild if he didn't die from eating berries like what would happen to that kid he would get a farm with a family and then try to live by growing things but can't because he's useless can we also say that like the wife's biggest concern this entire movie is not having the internet connection to do her job from the house <laughs> they, they literally live in the most remote place on earth and she works from a dusty attic <laughs> like she doesn't have an office or anything well, she's clearly the one paying the bills. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, Why is she the one in the attic? <laughs> Probably to get the away from everybody. The have more, alpacas have more real estate in her house <laughs> than she does. They needed they needed to establish the attic because it's a very big set piece in the short story and this the yeah. short story is like bleeding through this entire thing. I feel like this is a very different take than the short story. Oh, it really? It, it definitely feels like it. And I feel like it, the the feeling you get walking away from it is different than the short story because yeah. like I said the short story you know from the beginning it's in retrospect. Yeah. Like yeah, this starts with a VO, but like you're watching it. Like you go through it, you establish relationships with these characters. Like cuz I don't think like the meteor even starts doing crazy shit until like 30 or 40 minutes in yeah yeah 
And and the short story, it, it it's like a low fizzle. Like nothing super exciting happens. It's very boring. It's very just kind of interesting. Where this is like bombastic and crazy. When you leave the short story, you go, okay, that was, I mean, I guess I wasted an hour. And then you do this and you're like, uh, this started fuck? one place and ended a completely different area. Where am I? <laughs> Um, I like it though. I like the um, the build up for it as well. I don't know. I mean, I know you said he does like cosmic horror, so I don't know if this is that the genre this was intended for because it definitely pulls from horror for sure. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of jump scare build ups with like the string violins, and honestly, most of the time I'll like complain that movies do it, but I feel like the way they used it in this movie worked really well. Yes. Because they have I- a couple fake outs. The fake outs that you think are going to be fake outs aren't fake outs. Like the, yeah. the scene with the mom cutting the, the carrots. How many, like that scene's been done in like every suspenseful movie ever where you hear like the heart beating in the back, like yep. the conversation. And then it comes close, but it never happens. And you see it come near her fingernails and like the kid's running up. I'm like, oh, she's not going to cut her fingers off. She's not going to cut her fingers off. She cuts her fucking fingers off. And you see it. They made a fake hand to cut her fingers off. Yeah, into and bleeds all over her kid's face. Dinner's ready. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I guess, yeah, to to kind of keep going with the story. So it starts off this family on the farm. This meteorite hits um, and it starts changing stuff. So it starts with the water. Well, or was the water already fucky? Well, it's already it's already gross water. That's why they have the one guy whose name I forget. Um, He. He's the, the main character in the short story, and he's yeah. not the main character in this. He's way more of but a he's side still, character. But he still is the narrator and the character yeah, that we follow through the third act. That was where I was like, bro, because I, I remember like when you're there, you're doing the whole thing in the house, and they're all going fucking nuts. I was yeah. like, yeah, where is the hydrologist? <laughs> Wasn't he like kind of spearheading this right right before? He's like the second character you see in the movie, and then he's just but gone. He, he's just gone for whatever reason. But yeah, it, it seeps into the ground, and then it starts changing the water. I think maybe because the water is most easy to change based on whatever sort of entity this is. That's why well, it gets affected first. So, because I want to say maybe it has something to do with the well, because the well's super important. The well's like where it originates in the story. Like yeah, that's, so like that's where it sits. So I wonder if it's because it's so low and so easily accessible, like if that's where it can nest and there's darkness and moisture constantly, which is because like we yeah. know it's afraid of sunlight. So I feel like that's yeah. probably, and the well touches the water, so it's probably the fastest way it can And it lands decently close to the well, so yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's got to be that, and then it seeps through everything. And then we have, um, is it Cheech or is it Chong? Which one it's is Chong. it? It's Tommy Chong. Ch- Tommy Chong. The best. <laughs> Tommy Chong is in this for no reason, probably just to collect some money so he can I buy some more it, weed. Though. I love he's, it though. He seems too real. I I've know. had a conversation I- with a man on a sidewalk with everything <laughs> that he says out of this movie, and I swear it's the same person. I was wondering, because I saw his name come up in the credits at the beginning of the movie. I was like, Tommy Chong's in this? Who the fuck is he going to play? And then they were like, we have our squatter, Ezra. (laughs) He's just some, like, crazy homeless man that lives in the woods with a bunch of solar-powered cameras and stuff so he can escape the government. And he just, like, watches NASA shit, I think. (laughs) With a pussy named G-Spot. Yeah, he's got a cat named G-Spot. It's the second-best cat name after H.P. Lovecraft. (laughs) No, it's not! (laughs) It's not. 
uh, listen, full disclaimer, we know HP Lovecraft is a horrible, horrible racist yes, man. Yes, yes, um, but we have we have to talk about the fact how he did father cosmic horror. So it's one of those things where you have to separate the art from the artist, but you know, we're glad he's dead, but we're thankful for what he gave us. Question I guess. Question <laughs> But we'll never let him know that. Yeah, he'll never find out. Did you did you find that reading this short story, it sounds like a fucking Nazi wrote it too? Like the t- I'm sorry, the Democrat wagon? <laughs> the fact that he only referred to that vehicle as a Democrat wagon. <laughs> and he calls the, I think it? he called the out-of-towner, like, out-of-towners immigrants at the beginning. He oh, calls definitely. them all, and it's like, they're definitely not immigrants. They're, they're from America. <laughs> He, he he did not have a good look on anyone that wasn't like the Aryan race or whatever. Oh he yeah, was very, you can tell. He's got like a short story that he thinks like all black people are from a different dimension. That's why they look like that. I mean, it is. That's why they call it dark matter. <laughs> I'm not associated with this person. Okay? <laughs> That's not too racist to be in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine if you say it. Yeah, I'm flirting with the line there. Um. So yes. The water, the water gets all messed up. So, like, the first thing that you notice is everybody gets, like, kind of mentally fucked up first. That's what I thought was cool. What? I have to interrupt the fact that Nicolas Cage chose to portray madness by doing a Trump impression throughout was, the whole movie. I was thinking that. Dude, I want him to play Trump. Like, when they eventually <laughs> make the Corona movie, it's got to be Nick Cage. He's got to be in a fat suit or at least put on 100 pounds and then be Donald Trump. I need to see that. He'd be so good. <laughs> So in the short story, we hear people like going crazy, but it like kind of sticks with them. Like they they go mad and then they keep getting more and more crazy. In this movie, they flip in and out of it. And then yeah, yeah. Which and I don't know Nicholas, if I liked or didn't like. I mean, I liked it for the the. Nick I Cage. mean, props to Nick Cage. Yeah. He can flip back yeah, real quick. Like, that that was definitely just for him to flex his chops. Oh yeah, because like when he, the when the mom starts getting really like agitated, I just thought she was a bitch. Yeah. Like, it didn't really seem that far out of her character to be pissy well, that, about the dish. That's that actress. I hate that actress. She's in oh, a really? lot of things. And I she wondered, literally she familiar. Can, she can't do crazy. She can't She can't do anything. Unless she's giving flat line delivery, she just comes across Which as a Which is why she's bitch. great as a deformed monster. Exactly. I was so... <laughs> as much as it disgusted me, I was so happy seeing her. Seeing the mom from Nip Tuck get turned into a gross, disgusting monster. <laughs> <laughs> I um, hate her. Uh, but Nicolas yeah. Cage going back and forth in the Trump impression, which also political commentary that I feel like Nick maybe just threw in there. Like, hey, what is madness? I was but wondering Donald that Trump. too. I literally Googled like if he had done a Trump, like if he was on SNL one time, did a Trump impersonation before. And it and was like, I was like, I was like am, I, am I coming up with a new idea for Nick Cage to be cast as Donald Trump? Or is this something that's already happened? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's no, he's great. he's great. Um, I think the the girl is okay. The kids both look like so. The girl looks like a mashup of, of Elizabeth Olsen and Dakota Fanning, and then the brother so, looks like looks like Robbie from World of the Worlds mixed I'm, with um uh what's his name Johnny Simmons from Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Young I'm Neil. so happy you said that because it just felt like War of the Worlds but with an extra little like four eyed kid. Yeah. <laughs> Even when they even when they're going out and they're when they sit on the lawn, that's like the one like kind of like matte paint that reminded me of War of the Worlds when Tom Cruise goes out and sees like all the wreckage and it's all red and stuff and they're looking at the flowers. Uh, yeah. One of the the things that happens from the meteor is like these random flowers that are like blood red just start blooming everywhere. Yeah. I also love the um, <laughs> the alien praying mantis that's just 
flying around in the whole movie <laughs> and it's got the, serves the, no purpose. <laughs> the tentacle <laughs> mouth yeah, the thing CGI and it like bug. looks at the kid for 20 minutes. Yeah, there's an entire scene of just the CGI bug staring at this kid and it just flies away. <laughs> I, well, I wonder if maybe like, we don't know, like we notice it picking it apart, but like while we're watching the movie, if that like, like adds to like the intensity as you get closer and closer and closer to like the, the climax and the big reveals. I think it's supposed to. So one of the ways I want to compare this to Annihilation is it, it doesn't do a really good job of m making you feel surreal with the movie, where Annihilation really puts the tone into you where like nothing makes sense anymore because time and reality is warping and changing. But I wonder if that's because Annihilation is like they're going from, they're going into a new place where this is the transformation of a place that already is like they're comfortable with. Yeah. So I feel like that's so, like, where that, that disconnect happens because it's just a change in setting and character relation. That's fair. Where this is just like you're watching what you already know. Get yeah, changed. like they, it's a family at their house. Like they all work there and live there. I don't know if the kids even go to school. Like they spend every every second in the house. So like, yeah. yeah, I feel like you, you do lose that like surreal feeling because you've seen the house normally for like and 30 minutes up until... They tried to save it with like a lot of expositional dialogue because I feel like the director and like... Um, the the produ the production team of this didn't really know how to paint time warping so they, they yeah they yeah, didn't they, do it well at all they just had the kids say do you know how long we've been sitting here we could have been sitting here for days like what and yeah. it's like you can easily like portray that to me like i've seen it done yeah yeah um a lot of that came from and i wonder if they just like ran out of money or didn't have the time to like cut in the brother cuz the brother just disappears and he's like, oh, yeah. I got lost in the woods because time was changing. And it's like, that would have been a cool thing to see. Yeah. <laughs> Not just hear a story about how you got lost in your backyard, you fucking acid up fucking stoner. <laughs> the A lot of the characters feel useless or just there to be like scary bits. Aside from the, the witch sister. The witch sister only is the only character that serves a purpose to the plot. Yeah. But like all the other characters are just disposable. Like we need we need the the little boy to do his crazy stuff that we'll get into. And, stare and then at we walls. need to stare at walls and then we need the brother to get fused into the well so we can have a shot of him being in the well and like but then the sister's like I'm here to you know become one with the entity or whatever the heck happens I mean at the end yeah I mean but that's not how she was before I want to say it at, between warping her mind and spoiler watching all of her family die I assume she's just like you know what fuck it I'm just gonna go into the void <laughs> I've got nothing left <laughs> which honestly works it's all right. Should we go into the gross bit? I was about to say, we're at the halfway mark, so I think it's good to okay. go into the gross bit. So, the All best right. part about alien aliens fucking with matter is that humans are matter. So when aliens fuck with matter, they fuck with human anatomy, and it gets disgusting, and it gets gross. Oh, there's a giant fusing of, like, squelchy alpacas. That all are like skinless, and Which it's like is... one giant mound of alpaca flesh with like a bunch of heads coming out of it, just like wailing in pain. And it's very much uh, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing reference. Oh, like oh, that 100%. feels entirely The oh, Thing. Oh, I mean, all of the mutilation, the, all the body horror, at least. I mean, but how can you do body how, horror how like that? How can you not? Yeah, I and feel... not. I feel like the rest of it kind of was like, okay, we're taking inspiration, but we're doing our own thing. The alpacas was just very much the dogs in the cage in the middle of Antarctica for John <laughs> Carpenter's The Thing. That's exactly what, like, I think frame by frame, it was exactly the same shot. I think also the the leading up to the alpacas, because it's funny, I'm pretty sure you don't even see the full alpaca form until after you see the mom and the brother. 
Yeah. Um, which I thought was really cool because they, they build up. Sorry. It's right before. We see the mom and the brother. Or no, we see the alpacas and then the mom and the brother no, no, run no, out. And no, then, you see. It doesn't? No, no. When you see the whole alpaca. Because that's when Nick Cage goes out to shoot it. You don't see the whole thing. Oh. That's what I, that's what I was going to get into because the cool part about oh, the sorry. first alpaca reveal is like it's building up that like string reveal and instead of just doing a hard cut, it just starts like cutting to like really extreme close-ups of this like disfigured flesh that's like pulsating yeah. and like moving around and it's cutting back to the kids. So you never fully see it until later on. But I think that yeah. was a that was a great way because obviously when you see the alpaca, it's very fake. <laughs> I, w- I wonder if they didn't have the puppet done, so they're yeah. like, just do spot shots. We don't, oh, we don't have the middle bit yeah, finished. Yeah, they were also like, do not use a fill light. For the love of God, please don't use a fill light. Shoot that shit from both windows and just call it good. Because <laughs> I remember I watched it the second time. I was like, oh, they really did not light this at all. Probably the, a good call, though. <laughs> the puppets are not bad. They're, no, they're, they're not bad. And I'm always a fan of puppets over CGI, and I, I think a lot of the gross, like, there's a couple, like, CGI overlays to make it look a little more seamless. There's a lot of CGI overlays. But most of it is built over a full puppet, which I always appreciate. Yeah, that's always how when, it's going to be done best. Yes, and it feels it. there's more impact, there's more weight. You're actually afraid because there's actually something in the room with the character yeah. as opposed to a dude in a green suit going... Bleh, 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 bleh. Well, you also get more um, like vivid reactions from the actors and stuff, too, yes. when they have something to actually interact with. It's um, hard so to after, act against a tennis after ball. After the two brothers see these fucked up alpacas, they... This like the, the, the color shoots out of the, the barn and starts chasing after them. Uh, the older brother gets away. The younger brother runs into his mom's arms who just kneels on the ground. So they get hit by the color and the mom and her son get fused together in this like pulsating, like moaning human. Paige is gonna vomit. It's I disgusting. Am. It's, I, 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 I like, I'm pretty good with that stuff. But when I saw that and I even knew it was coming and I was like, that's pretty hard to look at. It squelches so loud you can hear the kid like screaming in pain the entire time he's attached to her and like they can't speak anymore they can just like twitch and mumble and like the family's obviously like we can't kill him it's our mother and son it's like they're they're not they're not people anymore Uh, if if like if this will never happen but if that ever encountered in my life the second i get done vomiting in the corner there's an axe going through the head like it's no offense what do you do Nothing. Like, like no doctor like, like, like the baby, that. like the kid, the little kid is like fused through her chest. So he has an arm coming out of her chest, and then his head yeah. coming out of her back. It's like they're like perfectly fused. It was like from some Full Metal Alchemist shit. It's like it's a perfect transmutation. You can't separate it. It's and it's it's so it's it's what I so I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast. There there's one thing I cannot do. I can do any type of horror, you know, whatever. I cannot do body horror. It it makes me physically ill. Like I literally vomit. I'm not being dramatic. I literally I know, vomit. I know. I've been, I've been known to leave the room to go throw up. Um, and this movie definitely did it, especially the first time I watched it. And it's it's so wet, and it has the the one of the two swings of the pendulum that you have to do to do body horror well. Either they're miserable and don't want it and disgusted and in pain, or they they love it and, and they think it's great. It, yeah. Yeah. This is the other one where they're very clearly miserable yeah. and in a lot of pain Which, and like for horror yeah. I feel like that plays it up like especially especially yes. with this because I mean I've seen 
I, I don't know why I feel like, well, I guess in Annihilation, they kind of do that shit because the chick fuses with the bear. So I'm not yeah. like super surprised when I see that kind of, oh, and the guy like fuses with the wall too. There's like a bunch of like human mutation that goes on there. But uh, I, it is definitely way more impactful when it's two characters that you followed for a while and it's a fucking kid and his mom. Yes. <laughs> like, if the honestly, if the mom were a bit better, I think it would have impacted me way more. But the mom is yeah. just so bland. Like, then, like yeah, she was the exact same character as the monster as she was as a mom. <laughs> just a useless sack of flesh that moans all the time. And pulsates. It, th- I really like the way they... So, I know the actress who played the mom was the person with all yeah, the rigs she, yeah, set up definitely. to her. You can tell the difference between when it's the actress and when they CGI yeah. it. Because that's usually when they sh- shoot the kid. Because the kid's yeah. obviously not actually there. No, no. But it, I was, I really liked how they shot that and kind of, like, I feel like the camera work they did to make so, all those effects work is so good. Like, they had a blanket over it just well. They, like, shot down low. You don't, they you don't sh- even see it for, like, a minute, too. Because, like, you see the light and you see Nick Cage and the brother's reaction to what's happening. And you can, like, hear the squelching and the moaning in the background. And then it cuts and it's, like, the back of the couch. And you can see, like, the mom's arm sticking up over the thing. And then the daughter comes in after cutting herself, trying to do some voodoo ritual shit. She's covered in blood. And then she just comes out to see her mom and brother fuse together on the couch. <laughs> and, she, and, and honestly, the reaction of the family of them being like, it's our, it's our, you know, it's our mother, it's our brother. Like we have to love them and take care of them. That almost makes it more upsetting. Yeah. How everybody just isn't like, let's immediately kill it. Yeah. Well, so you know, it's oh my like, gosh, when they're, um, when they're, oh, sorry, you go. I'll, I'll do this after. I was just going to vomit, so you go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to yak. Um, yeah, they, they figure out through the mom and the, the brother that they don't like sunlight, so they bring him up to her fucking attic, her attic studio, or attic office. Um, oh my gosh, when the daughter So she goes, can keep working. <laughs> her clients are pissed. She's been talking <laughs> the whole movie about how pissed her clients are, Clay Page. This is not a drill. <laughs> you almost called me Clint. No, I think I was going to say, I think I almost called you client. <laughs> I think I just stuttered. Um, but yeah, so they take him upstairs. I'm sorry, I cackled when the daughter looks at her and she goes, do you want some water? Because <laughs> the water is the one thing everybody's saying, the water is doing this, stay away from the water. And everybody's like, no, it's fine. The water is, it's great. Like when Nick Cage pulls up that clump of cum from the drain and it like attaches onto his hand. It's like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, just keep, the drains are clogged. Yeah, it's gotta be the drains. Nothing else in this situation would ever point to it being literally anything else, but okay. I I do like how everybody is kind of okay with everything getting weird and they can't like wrap their minds around the, out, over what it is. Because they're country kinda... hicks. <laughs> this is why you don't live in the middle of nowhere. It's why you don't get a farm. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. But I, I feel like it's also supposed to paint into the fact that the, the color is warping their mind. And oh, yeah. Of that's definitely how I perceived it, at least. It doesn't. But I do like, like the idea that they just don't know any better. They're just <laughs> a bunch of idiots. They're just stupid. Um, I will say the one, like, for me, like, when it came to the body horror, the most grotesque scene, because obviously you have... The first reveal, that's the up over the top of her and the kid on, on the yeah. couch. But honestly, when she's like crawling off the bed, drinking water out of a bowl from like the kid's hand and you see the whole thing, that's that's the shot that grosses me the fuck out. Because you can see the kid's like leg kicking on her back. Yeah. I, I, that one, so I'm, I, I couldn't watch a lot. There was a lot of like just out of the corner of my eye watching. So I probably missed yeah, the that full was a, grotesque. Yeah, that was a rough the, scene. 
of the water drinking. Because she so can't for me, use her just... hands either. So she's like lapping at it like a oh, dog. Oh, like a dog? Yeah. yeah, like they're holding it down and she's like drinking out of it like a dog with like her kids on her back. I did, I did see that. For me, it was just like the sudden realization right when they put her on the couch, like this is her life now. She is a gross, disgusting monster. Who's just going to be in absolute agony forever. Yeah, just squalching on the couch. That that to me was gross. Cause they, they again, Sasha, they made it wet. They made it wet. Do you uh, do you remember? I don't know if you were looking when they un, when they bring her upstairs because they wrap them in a blanket and bring them up to the attic. But when the daughter pulls the blanket away, there's like sticky strings attached yep. to the blanket. <laughs> Which what what do you know what they do to get that? Like what what oh, is that made so out many. of? I mean, I think you can just like buy it, but there's so many different mixtures that people use for prosthetics on movies. But I think something like that, you can just you just buy it and throw it all over the fucking makeup. There there's a point where Nicolas Cage goes up to like kill his wife the first time. He goes up <laughs> to kill his wife and he can't do it, so instead he just makes out with her. Which is while disgusting. she's yeah while a she's gross, disgusting, disgusting. And, and her kid <laughs> is attached to her. Yeah, <laughs> we're forgetting. His son is literally fused into her and they're making out. <laughs> and there's a close-up of the lips touching and when they pull apart, the it's like got all that goop and Do it's you like see he pink comes back the second like... time too when he pulls away and there's it's the same shot and it's still goopy, not as goopy, but but less but they also like made it rainbow. They put the color yeah. in the goop. Yeah. The color is everywhere. The color which is, is really cool. I liked it a lot in the ice cubes. That was, that, that that was, was cool. It was just cool. clearly like party city tinsel that they Whatever. threw in there. Whatever, it works. It looks great. With your extreme close-ups, go on, King. No, it's really was... good. A lot of the effects of this are awesome. Um, and even with um, like going along with Annihilation, I feel like the ending even to Annihilation is very similar to the Yeah, where it's this. just like, you know, what happened? I don't know. Cosmic what did it want? Cosmic hyperspace <laughs> acid trip, third act. <laughs> fucking carnage and then like oh <laughs> bo <laughs> snapping yep. out of it everything's out of color that's very that's very much it. did you did you like how they went into like a different dimension the weird yeah, like that, like warping like smear um effect i like that effect a lot but then it goes into like a whole different planet yeah and then like, the spin the spiral like tornado up into the sky and oh yes. yeah the whole planet that's just made out of bugs basically it's made out of like looks, bugs like, and rocks and then it has the symbol, the like weird the demon witch, symbol. The so si- she did, she did call it out of the sky with her fucking ritual at the beginning of the movie. Uh, maybe that's what it was. On it, well, that could be when it. She cuts it into her forehead. That starts glowing too. So I wonder, yeah. did she just so, fucking call it out of the sky? So maybe they went with an occult take on this instead of I, like just a random sci-fi thing that happened. Maybe. I mean, nothing, nothing other than the joke that the, the hydrologist makes at the beginning. That's the only thing that, where he's like, a joke. Kind of. He goes like, uh, he's like, so did you do this with your ritual last yesterday or something like that? Once like he comes to see the meteor. Yes. Um, This. What did you think of the sister's performance? Because I thought she was awful. Dude, I wanted her to be good though. Like I feel like all of the elements for her to be good were there. But yeah, she just kind of fell flat on every. Like she definitely emoted more than the mom did at least. And like yeah. you could, she emoted enough, but like it just kind of felt like everything she was trying to nail just kept falling flat for me at least, like with her performance. I feel like that actri- actress was too young. She was like all of like what, 15? Maybe, yeah, probably. I feel like they should have gone with a slightly older actress who can deliver a more like believable, do you want some water mom line. <laughs> and then Nick Cage immediately goes, everything's under control. 
<laughs> and then leaves to murder his fucking quadro alpaca. Which again is a trip. Like, honestly, I feel like this this is because of Nicolas Cage's Trump performance. This is all an allegory for how Trump pan- handled the pandemic, where everything is fine. It's, it's before fine. The Drink the water. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And Yo, then he's just screaming in his office masks. like a toddler. <laughs> it's in 2019, so they predicted the future with this movie. A little bit. Oh, God, I hope that's not the rest of the future. I might just have to kill myself. <laughs> we become gross, fused monsters. Sasha, if we get fused together. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I'll humor you with this conversation. If we got fused not- together... You're not supposed to say, oh, no. Well, how else am I supposed to react to if we got fused together? (laughs) I think it'd be fine. We'll have to keep your intestines, though. Mine don't work right. I can't. Yeah, I could not. Honestly, let's just be separate on intestines. You can just be attached to my back, and I'll just, like, (laughs) roll backwards when I'm tired of walking. And we'll just, like, kind of turtle back and forth. And then, like, one of us will be walking and doing all the work, and the other one will just be, like, you know, keeping them company. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be me. <laughs> yeah, that'll always Buddy, be how you. you doing? I don't know why I'm saying it. Like, we're going to go back and forth. That's literally just always going to be you. <laughs> Are your legs sore yet? You know, I, I, I would be happy to help, but, you know, I'm tired. I got diarrhea. <laughs> You're like, I know because I have diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> we would be great Siamese twins. We would just be Give in us the bathroom a reality all show. the time. I do not want to be a Siamese twin. <laughs> If that happens to us, somebody please kill us. Just yeah, please kill just, us. Just pop a bullet right in our heads. Line we- up our heads and just. Right, we're ready to go. <laughs> um, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah. Oh, so then um, after the the mom and the brother get fused, which is like I feel like the big the big moment of the second act. Um, the brother and the sister are like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. And yeah. oh yeah, because they're in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody they can contact, and the aliens are like frying electricity. So like all the signals are down. Like they can't make calls. The car batteries are all fried, so they can't go anywhere. Um, yeah. So they attempt to take the horse, but the horse is infected and runs off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> surprise there. Uh, I don't know why they thought. Oh, you know everything here is fucking contaminated. This horse is also here. I bet it's not. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Why they didn't just walk? Like, why would you not just walk at that point? Does it loop you back? Like, that's, I think bubble? that's what they were afraid of. Like, uh. if they were gonna walk out, I don't think. I think they would have rather at least been with the house than just be yeah. stuck walking around. Um, but the brother thinks he hears the family dog in the well. So, which ca- characters need to stop going after their stupid dogs? Well, uh, to be fair, it's a theme in this movie. Because remember, <laughs> after they watch Nick Cage shoot his merged fucking monster of a wife and son, and he's obviously fucking nuts, they go, "Oh, we can't leave Ezra out in the woods alone." But <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Look what's happened to the people who are living in houses here. You think Shaq <laughs> Man's gonna be okay? Like you think he's still out there kicking? And sure enough, they get there, and he's literally a skeleton. <laughs> Ezra has like, and he transcends too. He's not even mutilated. He's just like, you know what? Fuck this. And he closes his eyes, rolls his head back, and just shoots up to the sky. He becomes one with the what is it? Miramax? What it? What is the color? He specifically calls his tape recorder thing by its name. Yeah, the metro but he has, like, graph or something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. He has like this big giant like 1980s 
sound recorder machine and he like transcends into the sound recorder machine so he's like talking through that when they go to visit his skeleton body yeah but then he still shoots up from his skeleton so i don't know where ezra is at i don't think ezra does either to be honest (laughs) (laughs) i don't think ezra's known for a long time (laughs) but the best part is ezra is okay with it all yeah he's fine he he was okay with it from the beginning he comes in he's listening to the ground with like war paint on his face he like fully knows his cat's a monster now yeah, G G spot turns into a monster. Sorry, guys. Not even oh, the yeah. G spot safe from body horror. I was so disappointed in the G spot because it's a fully CGI, uh, leathery, cat. skinless a cat. Bad CGI. It's you real. Just it literally real looks like it's from the 80s. And put some paint on it. It yes. And you just honestly just take whatever goop they put on the mom and just lube up a fucking <laughs> naked cat and set it free. Like that's creepy enough. <laughs> that is creepy enough. Get a little sphinx cat, do that. Well, or like running like if Pete is going to throw a fit, yeah. how hard is it to make a skinless cat puppet? I'm pretty sure I could do it with the stuff that's in my kitchen right now. Because for considering how bad that one looked, like... Anything would have been better. Yeah. Put, a, put a put a raw chicken in the middle of the thing and attach better, some wires yeah, to it. Yeah. Um, I, that was no I wonder if that was something that they did... Before or after they did all the big CGI, because the rest of it, that's definitely the worst one, probably in the movie. Because that's yeah. even worse than the bug. The the bug I didn't think was that bad. Because bug bugs are easy to do. Up. As soon as it yeah. backs away and shows you it in comparison to like actual real things, then it looks a little cheesy. But because there's like not enough frames per second on like yeah, the, and the flying bug's also animation, huge, so it just doesn't look natural to have a giant pink bug flying around a farmhouse. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But the close-up of the bug looked really good. Yeah. They had some nice slow movements. I, I honestly wonder if it was a puppet and they just like put a special lens on it. Oh, it, it, I, it. I don't know. I think that's something like that. I think that's fully CGI or something like that. Maybe. Who knows though? I wonder if they just had like a little bit extra money in the budget and they're like, let's just blow it on the CGI cat. It doesn't have to look good. Just, <laughs> here's what you <laughs> got. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody in that writer's room who's like, I am not putting my name on this until we can guarantee there is a CGI cat. <laughs> and they're like, fine, call it. Make it happen. <laughs> um, I, I will God, also say, it. yeah, the, the brother going into the well is the dumbest shit. And I, I'm that one, I chalk that stupid decision up to his mind getting messed with by the color. But, yeah. But I also dude, chalk it dog, up to stupid first writing. Off, the dog's dead. Like, the dog's at the bottom of a fucking well. Even if it weren't, if, like, radioactive outside, the dog would still probably be dead. And I still yeah, wouldn't 100%. haul my own ass down there alone to go get it. No. And then when the also, why do you own a dog up, in the first place? Yeah, well, when the light comes up inevitably out of the well, like you know what's gonna do and take him, he just stands there and puts his goggles on and screams at it. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, I like his sister because I, I remember first watching it, I was like, she should help him. And then I remembered the mom and the brother was like, actually, no, don't touch him. Don't come anywhere near him. He can fend for <laughs> let him, himself. Let him be one with the well. Yeah, yeah. If he wants to fuse into a well, let that be his future. That doesn't have to be yours. <laughs> I did like the effect um, that we see of everything shooting up out of the well. Yeah. Because um, they, they put some practical lights in there with the CGI, oh, yeah. like, squidgly lay, so the walls light up really naturally with the pink. And then they do the CGI. I, I wonder- feel like not enough they do a CG lighting and not a practical lighting. This has tons of pink light bulbs everywhere, tons and I of, love it. Well, tons of practical lighting in general, because, like, all the light flickering. Yeah, like you said All the, the light beginning. flickering and all the... Well, I mean, I'm sure the TV static is, like, CG, but, like, all that stuff looks really good. And, yeah, you can definitely tell that when... I think that's probably what makes this movie, like, look-wise stand out to me, is because, like, when the pink light comes in, you know it's a light. 
Like, it doesn't yeah. look fake. It doesn't look like somebody shot a white light in there and then tried to, like, color it after the fact in pink. Like, they're 100% shooting yellow or pink lights into that house. Yeah. And it looks great. What do you think of the house? I thought the house was beautiful. I just like houses in movies. Because a you lot really of times do. they're, like, individual. I do. I talk about them a lot. They, um, they build, like, individual sets and then just try to shoot it to make it look like it's layered. I d- that house, I love that house. I want to live in that house. Wanna... Not in the middle of the woods, but like, can you like take that, move that to a city and put me there? <laughs> just in the middle, in the middle of New York, it just takes up like. Just the middle of the expressway. Yeah, put me right there. <laughs> okay, good. At least I'll know I'll never be alone and without cell phone service. <laughs> Literally me. <laughs> I like the house. Yeah, the practical the... effects were cool. Um, the cinematography is super simple, but I think that that's why I liked it. Because instead of like having a bunch of really complex lighting and like camera moves, they just did really good like just stationary or like standard shots that just had really good composition, really good framing, and just like yeah. were lit really evenly. And I can appreciate that, especially on a, a low budget film like this. Yeah, this is this low budget. What was the budget of this? Six Should mil. Six mil in twenty nineteen. That's a low budget film. That is. Especially because I think it, it it tanked. I think it only made a million, if that. Yeah. No. I mean, Nobody surprise, surprise, a Nick Cage movie tanked. Yeah, I know. He'll do anything, because he's got to pay off the debt he has for his gambling addiction and buying an island for no reason. And a T-Rex skull. He has a T-Rex skull? Yeah. That was, like I, think, I heard that one? was, like, one of the last things that he bought when, like, when he had a bunch of money. He bought a T-Rex skull and just put it on a podium in the middle of his house. <laughs> <laughs> Does he live alone? I feel like he shouldn't live alone. <laughs> You can tell he's a Coppola. <laughs> Are you okay, sir? No. No, that's why he has to do these crappy movies. But I would say this movie is not crap. I liked it, yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely see... I mean, this is another one of those movies where it's like... It's, I feel like we're going to say this with all of our quote-unquote spooky movies, but it's like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Like, if, yeah. if you can read or see the trailer of this and you don't think that you'll like it, then don't watch it. Yeah, this de- this definitely doesn't have the Halloweeny feel. But when we went through like the Halloween movies, I don't know a lot of. I kind of thought that it did though. It had it was shot mostly at night. There's random forest mist for no reason. You know how I feel about forest fog. That means Halloween. <laughs> Van Helsing taught us anything. Forest fog, Halloween. I'm pretty sure Phantom of the Opera does fog too, and a bunch of random. It, does, it, does, it does so has a lot fog, of fog in that movie. If the movie has fog. It's Halloweeny to me. If it's fog at nighttime, or there's somebody in a mask. I feel like there has to be autumn leaves for me to, and we don't have, we have purple leaves. That's what we have in this. Well, that's the best you're going to get, Paige. You're getting morphed autumn. More, oh, I'm getting cosmic autumn. Okay. Cosmic autumn. Also, um, that's the name of my new Yankee candle scent. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like space. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine you doing like a product commercial like that. It's like cosmic space, the new scent by Paige. <laughs> <laughs> and the, but there's no editing to it, so in the middle you're like, hold on, guys, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Gary! <laughs> Gary! <laughs> oh, so in all of these, all of these like inexplicable sci-fi movies, right? There's always that one line that one character has to say that is like just kind of like metaphorically explaining what's going on, and they're like, 
everything's changing, nothing's as as it seems, stuff is different. And it's like in Annihilation, it's that one science chick that's like, it's a prism, it's reflecting matter. And then in Stalker, it's the Stalker going like, time is different here. And then here it's Tommy Chong going, what's out there is what's in here, man. And what's in here, it's out there. And you know what? We gotta go to space. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. I have to defend Tommy because the man just talks stupid. That's just how he talks. No, I think I it's great. Like I, I love that that's, that's what it was instead of somebody like scientifically. Because even the daughter tries to do it. She's like, she's trying to assimilate and absorb him back into herself. And, they, yeah. and the brother's like, time as well. Time is crazy too. And no, Tommy Chong gets it. He's like, what's out there is in here. And it's in me and it's in all of us. And it was in the water and now there are people under <laughs> the ground. That's why I feel when you talk to crazy homeless yeah. people, they talk like that, but you sit there and you go, you know, the stuff you're saying really resonates with me, <laughs> even though it's filled with, like, really stupid combinations of words, like, you're saying some profound shit, my dog, like, let's go. <laughs> I like how we're, we're talking about essentially the same character as Tim Robbins in War of the Worlds, but giving him so much more praise in this movie. <laughs> this is, this is just War of the Worlds kind of beat for beat, isn't it? it I guess starts so, off yeah, very but normal. everybody dies. <laughs> Yeah, this has the death that we needed. Robbie actually dies in this, thank well, God. I feel, like but it's the, I feel like that's the Spielberg effect, though. Like, he did one family sci-fi, so now all of the bigger family sci-fis are going to probably feel like War of the Worlds. Like, True. It's kind of, like, iconic now, I feel like, in that genre. Iconic that no one has seen. No one has seen Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds except for, like, you and I. Really? That's crazy. I feel like, a, a, I feel like it, was, was, it wasn't big when it came out. I feel like I remember seeing shit about it. I feel like all the it was time. big, but I feel like it would fit into our unreleased category of films you've already forgotten. <laughs> right next to Shazam. <laughs> it should, except for Shazam. <laughs> it's this is very beat for me because it starts off very normal, a family just doing its thing. We got the temperamental mother even, um, and then like all shit breaks, breaks loose, and it's just the dad trying to survive. And then he sl slowly becomes worse and worse and worse. Oh, we haven't talked about how he morphs. Oh, so yeah. So Nicolas Cage gets a little little crusty. Just like, a that's little bit. He, that's how he morphs. Is he gets, like, weird reptilian skin yeah. on his arm and, like, on the side of his face. In the book, he becomes an absolute monster. Like, he's, like, just a blubby flesh. And they talk about his last lines is spoken through, like, bloated lips and, like, just goopy yeah goopy mess but this they kept him more normal and just painted him more in the madness realm where he seems to think his family is still fine and like sitting in the living room watching tv yeah he gets like delusional almost and i that's the one thing that i was curious about because the brother has that the little boy has that at the beginning where like he's constantly he's doing that thing that all this is why i'll never have kids because like there, there are too many instances where kids just stand and stare and they <laughs> and it's just fucking weird i can't even if a normal kid did that, but he literally stands outside and just stares at the well like all day, like muttering to himself. And then when the hydrologist comes by to tell everybody not to drink the water, it's far too late by the way. Um, but yeah. he's like, what are you doing little man? And he's like, I'm playing with my friends. And then just starts like laughing. <laughs> and then the hydrologist is like, okay, crazy. <laughs> 
<laughs> if if I ever run across a kid that's doing that, I'm calling CPS and having that kid taken away because that kid needs to. All kids that talk like that need to be locked up. Just... I was one of those kids. I should have been locked up. Can I tell you a brief story about my childhood? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm doing it. I had so this is why I was a creepy kid and why I know these kids need to be locked up because I'm definitely not okay today. Uh, I used to go up to strangers at like ball games. And I would hold out my arm to strangers. Nobody knew who these people were. And I would go, you can tickle me if you like. <laughs> and what I meant was people do this. You know, this thing that feels really good. Yeah, you I was obsessed it. with that as a kid to the point where I would ask complete strangers to do it. How I wasn't kidnapped, I do not know. Well, it's because, it, I mean, <laughs> they'd give you back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they'd be like, know. Uh, yeah, we were going to sell her, but she just wants people to keep touching her arm. And we have to wipe <laughs> her butt after she poops. I, yeah. Put this one back when I you found it. I didn't have that problem when I was a kid. It only happened when I turned 25. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but it, it got to the point where my dad would like come up and like deeply apologize and be like, sorry, no, no, she doesn't know you. Come on, Paige, let's yeah. go. Let's go back to the car. Yeah, kids are an absolute no-no. I feel like that's I what, that's what makes kids creepy if you do them well in movies because it's like, at what point should I be concerned about a child's imagination? Which I know is the entire point of the Babadook. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but that's another. Oh, I have. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, movie. but that's like it's like at what point is a child's imagination just them being very imaginative, and what point is it kind of fucking creepy and you should call somebody? <laughs> yeah. At what point is this leading to that my kid could grow up to be a serial killer? Yeah, or he's talking to a demon and could be possessed soon. <laughs> yes. Like there's just so many, so many variables there. The Babadook is very layered. I like the Babadook. But it, um, that kid, I, I have questions for that actor kid, because that kid is actually that blind in real life. So the whole movie, this kid is wearing these, like, literal Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. Like, they are so thick. This kid sees, like, 2400. That's his prescription lens. Maybe his He's, glasses just look like that. I, I think you No, that kid is blind! Like, you've that talked kid to him, like, see. he looks at his IMDb, and it says, like, he's legally... Yeah, I've seen him in everything else, and he has to wear those glasses in every scene, okay? It's not a character Lots choice. Lots of people have to wear glasses. Not like that, not some at that young. Some people do. I, 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 feel like it's, I feel like he's not as blind as you might think. I feel like there are people that who wear those kinds of glasses. That kid is going to be Ray Charles by 12. <laughs> I'm concerned for this child. He needs an eye transplant. You can have mine. I've seen enough. I mean, Jessica Alba had it happen in the eye, and then she saw dead people, so I think So, so don't do it. The <laughs> kid'll be fine. Nicholas Cage I'm saw very... dead people, too, and he had both of his eyes. <laughs> in this movie, or just in a movie where he saw dead people? This movie. Oh, one thing I want to mention, this is the second Nicholas Cage movie that we have seen where there is an egg-cracking scene where there is, like, an almost-formed baby chick in it. Oh, is it? Was there one in... Pig? There was one in Pig. Oh, Remember damn. the guy cracks egg and he just whips it anyway? Oh, the mom does the exact yeah. same thing. I found that weird. Is that in Nicolas Cage's contract that he has to have one of those weird eggs? Maybe. They have to like they, they have to find one too. They just have to keep redoing takes with the egg until they crack one that does have the blood in it. And Nick Cage is just sitting there like, get another dozen. Get another card. <laughs> that's not going to do it. Those large organic? See, that's why. I want to be Nick Cage's manager. <laughs> you need to be Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, a little too good at it. <laughs> it did feel a little Shia LaBeouf, though. Oh, uh, I mean, that's more my avenue, I feel like. To be honest, I feel like Shia LaBeouf is just baby Nicolas Cage at this point. Oh, gosh. But he's beaten more women. 
Actually, I don't know how many people. Maybe Nicolas Cage is really good about keeping it under wraps. Yeah, because they're all dead. <laughs> he just has like five feet of cement underneath his house that just have bodies in it. And he just slowly just keeps That's where all his money's going. More, yeah. <laughs> He's just adding more cement. They're like, Nicolas Cage has invested $100,000 in a cement mixer for himself? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, that means he'll do our crappy low-budget film then for next to nothing because he needs the cash. <laughs> Fuck him! Yeah. Yeah, damn. I, I I say that this budget went well, though. This is a- It was well used. Yeah, it's a good six mil. Because, I mean, I, I I imagine a solid chunk of that probably had to go to Nicolas Cage. And Nick, I feel like he works next to nothing because he That's can't- That's probably true, and he, he does, like, he does passion projects, I guess, too. Like, he yeah, does movies he does... that he wants to do more than movies that he, like, has to do. And the rest is just to pay off his ever-growing credit card debt. <laughs> and then, like, that mom actress, she's shit, so she's not in anything. The kids will work next to nothing. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, do you think... I think Tommy Chong was probably the one that cost yeah, honestly, the most. Yeah, he probably was, to be honest. Because um, he does, like, guest appearances and stuff, too, for, like, loads of money. Yeah. How did they... How did they... How did Cheech and Chong get famous? Uh, weren't they comedians? Or are they comedians they? now? See, it's before, it's way before my time knowing like the OG Cheech and Chong. So I already, like when I was born, I already knew that they were like a comedy act. Jesus. But did they have like a show or something? Wow. Anybody who's like over 30 and watching this is like shaking their heads at us. And probably people under 30 are like, what in the fuck is wrong with you people? How do you not know? I, He's Leo I on that 70s show. Are they? Well, that's the that was my first introduction to Tommy Chong. Was that seventy show? But that's way See, after me, Cheech I've, and Chong too. I have never had an introduction with Cheech and Chong. They've always just been there, like God. No, I've never. They've yeah, always no, just... I've never. I've actually never seen Cheech. <laughs> I saw him in someone's <laughs> Snapchat story once, but that yeah, I have no knowledge of. Honestly, it, I, I'll, I, I'm just gonna admit this. It took me a couple of a little bit to realize that Tommy Chong is the Chong and Cheech and Chong. <laughs> For like the first two years I knew about Chicha Chung, I thought it was a, a totally different duo of people. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Tommy Chung. Yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> we don't know. We don't, we don't. It's probably a mystery that will never be solved. We'll never know how Cheech and Chong We're never going to Google it fame. ever. All right. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, my mic keeps falling over, so I'm going to wrap it up. Colors Out okay. of Space. If you like discussing campy movies... I don't even know if I can fully describe this as campy. I feel like that's giving people a false pretense of it. I I would call it camp because this feels like a movie that I know you haven't seen called From Beyond. That's from like the seventies or eighties. Oh, actually, it feels exactly I've heard of it. It feels if if you go watch From Beyond, it literally feels like the same movie. Oh, okay. Just with better special effects. Which is honestly, I'm okay with that. It's very camp. So I think this is campy, fun, silly, with a bit of a layered cosmic sci-fi thing that'll let you think. Yeah, and if you have a weak happened, stomach, just stay away from it altogether. Stay away, but it's a fun one to throw on, you know, for like a spooky, uncomfortable night. Have some fun with some friends. Yeah. See some cool or gross visuals and then go about your day. Definitely a solid Halloween movie, I'd say. If you want people to come over and watch a quote-unquote scary movie that's not scary, <coughs> this is something good yeah. to put on if you don't want to watch the new Scream movie. <laughs> Yeah, because there's no jump scares. There which are. Turns a lot of people there are a couple. Off. There are. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the mom <sighs> jumping out of the attic is a jump scare. Um, and then there's another one at the very beginning. I want to say it's when the meteorite falls and it like does its big boom or whatever. But I think there's another 
There's another one somewhere in there. Hmm. It's fun. Oh, for the it's whole the uh, no, sorry, it's the guy. It's when the hydrologist is at his tent and the jeep goes off. Oh, that's like one of the like. That's a more mild one, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the jump scares you see all the time where they don't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just there to get your heart rate going. Yeah. But it was a pretty good one. Yeah, not bad. Um, it was used sparingly, which was nice. Yeah, it's always good. Yeah, definitely would recommend. Um, hope nobody threw up during this episode. I did. <laughs> Paige did. I saw it. I had to <laughs> cut that out too. <laughs> this was no breath from the skies whose motions and dimensions our astronomers measure or deem too vast to measure. It was just a color out of space. A frightful messenger from unformed realms of infinity beyond all nature as we know it. From realms whose mere existence stuns the brain and numbs us with the black extra-cosmic gulfs it throws open before our frenzied eyes.